This is why I passed my guy, man. Speaks that life to me. Appreciate you, big dog. So we were just talking, actually, um, about some of the formal meetings that the Cowboys are having down there, which I'm a little mad you ain't down there, Pat, because I know you'd you, you be asking some good questions. So I am. Yeah. Maybe next um, year. And, and just, yeah, just, just for clarity, a little bit of a personal issue that kind of held me back at the last ah. minute. Because I was scheduled to go as as I annually do, but a couple of days before the trip, you know, family thing, yeah. um, you know, it's something that I needed to be here to manage. So, you know, absolutely wish I was out there, but at the same time, you know, home duties are home duties. So got to do what I got to do. However, I still have my people on the ground, Nicole Hutchison, Nick Harris, yeah. doing great work out there. I'm in constant communication with them. I'm sending them, I know I'm getting on their nerves, I'm sending them some things early, you know, 5, 6 a.m., like, hey, can you check out, can you ask this prospect this, can you ask this prospect this? So they're definitely helping me out, getting me the intel I need so that I can feed Cowboys Nation what they need. Yeah, they're doing a fantastic job. Um, if you if you go look at the, the reporting and how we're getting the formal meetings, it's, it's coming from uh, Nick and Nicole. So shouts out to them. Yeah, and I wanted to ask you about, about these formal meetings because it's clear the Cowboys want to get bigger and stronger, right? That's the center point probably of this entire offseason. And they've met with eight players formally. And I want to know from you, of those players so far, who are you most intrigued with? Well, first of all, it has to start with these Texas guys. And when I say Texas guys, I'm also talking about the Aggie as well. So Edrick Cooper at linebacker, uh, he's one that really piques my attention as well. He should pique everyone's attention. And then the other uh, elephant in the room, um, no pun intended, Tavondre Sweat, <laughs> big boy. <laughs> big boy yeah. So, uh, I mean, when you look at, the the first round of, of formal meetings that the Cowboys had coming out of that first defensive front group on yesterday, it's clear that they're focusing in on linebackers and interior defensive linemen. And that is chef kiss because that is exactly what they need to be focusing on. You know, they didn't have any, not that have come out just yet. I'm sure it'll kind of trickle out over the next couple of days. But as of yesterday, there weren't any formal defensive end meetings. And, you know, that's fine because look at where they are in defensive end. Uh, but you definitely have to address that linebacker and interior defensive line uh, situation. And Edrick Cooper, I mean, he just jumps off the tape. I mean, absolutely yep. jumps off the tape. Uh, another guy, Tyron Hopper out of Missouri, I think he's very underrated. I understand that, you know, not a lot of people kind of pay attention to the University of Missouri. Yes, it's an SEC school, but they're not one of the upper echelon SEC teams. But as an SEC guy, go dogs. We'll get to that in a moment because I know what you sent me on the rundown. Um, I've been able to watch Missouri, that program, over the past couple seasons, every season as a matter of fact. And I've seen what Tyron Hopper has done, and I think he's one of the more underrated linebackers out there. But Edrin Cooper, Tavondre Sweat, I'm just having these wonderful uh, and McKinley Jackson, he's another one. He's he's active. These Texas and Texas A&M guys, they're really they're really popping coming into this draft. Um, but when you look at guys like that, you just know that there's immediate impact. I don't look at a guy like Cooper um, or Sweat or Jackson or even Hopper for that matter and find myself worried that they you know won't necessarily hit the ground running. I'll grant them the rookie curve absolutely, which could be a two year process. But these guys look more prepackaged and ready to go. That that's crazy that you say that because this next question I want I want to ask you about well it's not even really a question I'm kind of my statement and your thoughts kind of centers around guys that can come in here and hit the ground running because a report came out last night that you know the Cowboys new hires are signed only a one year deal to go along with their head coach and for me Pat I feel like that makes this scouting process a little bit tricky because we know when you're doing 
drafts, it's a long-term investment, but you don't really have that same long-term investment with these coaches. So that that has to make this process difficult in the sense of I, I don't me personally, I don't know how you can draft a guy early with premium picks that you say, yeah, we'll give it a couple years. You almost need these guys to come in hitting the ground running now, right? Oh, yeah, you absolutely do. And uh, I did see the report. Shout out to Michael Gilkin. I will say this. Uh, that's not necessarily news on our end because I know that might have been two weeks ago, two Cowboys breaks ago, the podcast, where Derek asked me if I had gotten information on how long Zimmer is in the building. I said, hey, I'm here in one year. Okay. So it tracks that, you know, based on what Gilkin was saying yesterday, it tracks that the other new faces coming into the building, they're only on one year as well because they're tied to the Zimmer administration on the defensive side of the ball. Um, and then, of course, we already know the status of Mike McCarthy. He's on a proven deal. Dak Prescott absent an extension, which I'm, they're still in the works there. So, ladies and gentlemen, let's be clear on that. Though it's not promised, that's, that's a true statement by Michael Gilkin. It's also true that they're actively working toward it. So it is also equally possible that it happens. But absent a deal on Dak Prescott, he goes into a proven season. So that all circles to your original point, which is a fantastic one. This is this is part of the definition of being all in for the Cowboys, wherein, you know, not only do you have these coaches and potentially, potentially you're starting quarterback on a contract year, you don't have the luxury when you're looking at these uh, these prospects and meeting with these prospects and going into the NFL draft of looking at one and saying, you know what, I think we'll do our usual second round dice roll mm-hmm. on a guy who might pan out in year three. Okay, well, this coaching staff that's doing these interviews, they might not have year three. So I get it from a scouting standpoint. From a scouting standpoint, you know, you have that that luxury, so to speak, right? Will McClay, thankfully, isn't going anywhere. His staff isn't going anywhere. But if you're Mike McCarthy, you're Mike Zimmer, you're the coaches, you now sit at the table with the scouts and you say, hey, I can respect that you guys have contracts beyond 2024. However, we do not, so we need this guy yeah. because this guy is prepackaged and ready to go right now. So very interesting dialogue that I'm sure is, is an active one between the scouting department and the coaches. But one thing I've come to learn uh, when it comes to Will McClay, he is hand-in-hand hand with his coaches. Um, so if, if McCarthy and Zimmer are coming to him saying, we need guys ready to go right now, I can 100% guarantee you Will McClay is, is on board with that. See, that just takes me back to last week. If it was me, man, I'd just go ahead and just trade these picks. I'm just saying. But we ain't going to talk to Pat about that. I, that's just Skywalker still talking about trading some of these picks. Not Patrick O.C. Walker. That's all I'm saying, Pat. Yeah, yeah there you go. Good disclosure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, Because, yeah. you know, I got some. I got some ideas. For no, we can, talk, we can talk off for. air. However. Off air about that. Yeah, however, I, I can't officially put that. You know, because, again, I, it's one thing for me to say I, I want to send some of these picks away for some folks, but it's another thing for me to be the reason the Cowboys get picks taken and, and then don't get any folks in exchange. So, you know, I got to play it how I got to play it. Yeah. Oh, that's it, man. Um, this next one. So I, I don't normally do this, but I, I decided to do this because this is a Georgia boy, okay? Mel Kuyper, who puts out mm-hmm. his mock drafts. If, if I was, like, full-fledged, you know, draft content guy, I would react to all these these mock drafts because that's that's great content. But this guy in particular that Mel Kuyper decided to say that, you know, the Cowboys will be taken is a Georgia boy. Offensive tackle, Marius Mims. I've uh, been talking a lot about him with with Vach, six foot seven, three hundred thirty pound, athletic but inexperienced uh tackle. And and you you had a, a very funny response to this, but I do want to get your thoughts on your boy because you you know that's your squad, that's where you're from. 
or you know your school, and you probably know all these Georgia cats better than most people. So, Amarius Mims, Cowboys select the offensive tackle from Georgia. What are your thoughts if that happens? All right. So, uh, anyone who has followed me for any respectable length of time knows that yes, I am a Georgia alum, and I'm all in on my Georgia boys. But um, once they hit the draft pool, the objectivity comes in 100%. And if you don't believe me, go back and look at my takes on Khalid Ringo last year and and this time last year, and you'll see that I absolutely did not want him in Dallas. So um, once uh, (laughs) once they leave Athens, uh, you know, I love you, but now we got to talk straight. Mims, um, absolute animal, 6'7", 340 pounds. Uh, anchor is fantastic. Hands powerful. Um, he, he's he's a bully in a phone booth, 100%. Bully in a phone booth. He gets the job done. My my concerns on Mims would be, you know, what does he look like coming off of that tightrope surgery uh, on his ankle? Um, not necessarily a major issue, but you know, something to keep an eye on. A slight red flag. I'd say a pink flag, not necessarily a red flag. But the bigger red flag is is that he lacks the the experience. Mm-hmm. Um, that some of the other uh, prospects have. Now, when you talk about what we just spoke about still in that you're Mike McCarthy, you need a guy to be able to come in and possibly impact the game quickly because, yes, I'm on record as wanting Tyron Smith back on this team for 2024. Absolutely. But we also know that Tyron Smith, you have to plan for him to miss upwards of half the season. If that were to happen and the Cowboys continue to remain hell-bent on keeping Tyron Smith at left guard as they were in 2023, then you would love to believe that a guy, whoever you pick with a premium pick, because this is you're talking first-round pick now. Yeah. This is a yeah. first-round pick, okay? If you're going to use a first-round pick on a guy, you have to know that he has the ability to do what Tyler Smith did in 2022 and that, you know, you could put him right there at left tackle in the, you know, break glass in case of emergency type situation, and he's going to be able to perform. I believe that Mims could possibly do that, but I believe that there are other experienced guys, uh, prospects in the draft that you could also take in the first round that will be in the bottom of the first round, maybe like a J.C. Latham, for example. Similar build, a little bit heavier, 6'6", 360, a couple inches taller, more experienced, more decorated as far as his football pedigree is concerned. Um, That would give me more confidence. And, folks, if you again, if you're questioning the objectivity, I just gave you an Alabama guy. <laughs> right. Let me give you Alabama guy over my Georgia guy. So uh, I, I would have them neck and neck, but my, my edge will go to a guy like Latham because my only concern, my main concern, I should say, with Mims, I, I believe that he'll be great, uh, fantastic at the NFL level. I don't know that he'll hit the ground running, although I think a guy like Latham or some of these other mm-hmm. uh, top OT prospects could possibly hit the ground running if you lose Tyron Smith in like week three or, or week seven or something like that. These, these those other guys could probably come in and do more work uh, quickly, more quickly than can Mims. I think Mims is more of like a 2025 guy if he mm. were to be uh, brought with the Cowboys. But also, let me say this, and I'll throw it back to you. You alluded to what I said in the text when you told me you were going to ask me this question. So let me put it out there. <laughs> Cowboys don't draft or sign former Georgia <laughs> players. I hate that. I hate to say it. I hate it. So reality, it turns my stomach. I I just can't understand why Jerry won't get past the Quincy Carter days. He is traumatized, and he won't let it go. I would love for him to finally prove me wrong. But, folks, if he hasn't taken a Georgia guy out of these past two or three drafts, 
then I I just don't see it happening randomly now. Uh, yeah, I just I don't. I love it, but I, I just don't see it. If it, it feels like when I when I when I hear tackle, because I'm all for you know taking a tackle of the future, but it's, it's it's so early right now because we don't know what's going on with Tyron Smith, right? Free agency. But it feels like in this scenario, you're basically you're basically saying I'll oh, have Tyron Smith. So essentially, they're not going to the grocery store and they're shopping with the munchies. Because that's how I look at this thing here. If if they don't have Tyron Smith, you're going into the draft with the munchies, and you're just like I, I gotta take this because I'm hungry for this position. Right. If they have Tyler Smith or Tyron Smith, then I feel like they can go into the draft and say, okay, yes, we need to take an offensive tackle at some point. I think in the top three rounds. Uh, but we're not as hungry to take one immediately if there's another position that can come in here and play because this is what's so tricky about it. Tyron going to get hurt. It's just going to happen. He's going to miss three to four games. You would hope it's just three to four games, right? So you you have to factor that in when you're looking at this position. We eventually, the Cowboys have to eventually take this position seriously for the future. But if they don't bring him back, you're basically – cornering yourself into having to take this position, if not in round one, at the very least round two. I can't see him not taking it. Exactly as the plan should be. The plan should be to get Tyron Smith back in this building in 2024, and that is the plan. Stephen Jones said it himself. He said that's the plan. They're already sitting down with a big 7-7, and they're trying to work out the numbers to get him um, you know, still here in Dallas for 2024 you do that that allows you to go into the draft and say hey let's see how the board falls if the perfect uh ot is there for our lt1 situation going forward for the future fine we'll take that 100 percent of the time however if things look a little shaky on at that particular position guess what maybe you still need to address the center position so maybe yeah. then it allows you to go you know do something else linebacker for example um, so that has to be the plan. Thankfully, it is the plan. And, I mean, as we have this conversation, obviously anything can happen one way or another. But I think it's trending toward Tyron Stan. He wants to stay. He's taken, you know, team-friendly deals in the past to stick around. He's still playing at a high level, which is why the Cowboys certainly want to keep him there. He becomes that definite bridge for this season moving into 2025. So then what you do, you double up in the draft. You get you a, a future LT1 because without Tyron, not only are you going into the draft, um, with the munchies, like you said. But that puts you in a situation where you're in dire straits now at left tackle because, again, if you're as hell-bent as I think you are on keeping Tyler Smith at left guard, mm. then what do you have at left tackle, right? You, that means you wouldn't have Tyron Smith, and we're talking pre-draft. You wouldn't have Tyron Smith, and the Chumay Doge experiment is over, thankfully. That, that did not work. Matt, well, let's go. His shoulders won't play nice with him. Uh, awesome Richards. We don't know where he is in his development, but we do know he couldn't earn a single snap last season as a rookie, despite the carousel of injury that the Cowboys had on the offensive line. So that's a bit disheartening. We'll see what year two holds for for the former yeah for the former Tar Heel. Um, but I mean, you're then in dire straits. So first thing first, first things first, get Tyron back in this building uh, or keep him in this building, I should say, for 2024, and then go double up. But at least you know that you can play the board versus going in being desperate and saying, you know what, it doesn't matter who falls. It doesn't matter what the BPA situation is. we got to take the offensive tackle because more often than not, that just doesn't work. And there you have it, our guy Patrick Nosey Walker. Hey, next week, I might again, I might be in the nosebleeds, but I'm going to see you there, right? <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> it's WWE, SmackDown, American Airlines Arena, 
I'm in the building, Steel's in the building. I know a lot of our readers and listeners are in the building. The Rock is in the building. I got to go. Roman's in the building. Cody's in the building. Oh, man. I got to go. Turn me up. Let's bring it. Let's go. Hey, I love Cody to death. I really do. But I was raised in the Attitude Era with, like, Stone Cold of the world and DXs and uh, and The Rock. So when I tell you I got to side with Dwayne, I got to side with Dwayne. So Cody Crybaby, come on. Cody Crybaby. He's one of the few Cody I Crybaby. haven't seen. Come at me. Uh, live in regards to to the rock. So once I, I found out he was cussing, I have to go. Like I have to be able to Absolutely. experience yeah. that 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 that's that song, that theme hitting the rock coming out here, the chills. I have to. I've seen Triple H, Undertaker, Stone Cold. I see Brand. I've shown. I've seen them. Everybody but the Rock somehow. So I'm definitely there. You gotta get the rock. Yeah, we gonna turn up. We gonna be there. And ladies and gentlemen, if you got the tickets, come find us. Come link. Come join us. But until then, um. Go and, you know, I'm talking to the Cowboys now. Until then, get ready for free agency. We want to see some whales. Uh, Facts. We want to see, you said, you said you're all in. I'm calling your bluff. I'm in the building calling your bluff. So what you going to do? <laughs> Come with it. They're going they to call, call you with seven deuces, what they're going to do and lose our aces. But I appreciate you, Pat. <laughs> Love you, big dog. Uh, <laughs> they don't know about that, bro. Full <laughs> <laughs> <Poor> tray. <laughs> I'm out. <laughs> Shout out to Patrick Dosey, walkerdallascowboys.com.